And like I said before, too, I think Wrapped is like really a magical project because I think it's one of the only marketing projects that I can think of at least where you have millions or hundreds and thousands of people. I, I don't know the number, right? So I'm just guessing here, but actually sharing their own experience of the year through the share card that they get, you know, when we when we give them their data back, like here's what you you've been listening to and 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 here's your favorite artist. This is how much you listen to. And we try to give them interesting different stories every year as well inside of the product in this kind of product experience that we deliver. You are listening to One More Question, a podcast by the people of Nice Work. One of the things we often catch ourselves saying is, can we ask you one more question? This podcast is all about sharing that, the best conversations we've had with significant brand builders, experts, and communicators. The people that we've encountered as we go about our work of making people care by creating impactful brands. Season three is focused on unpacking the topic of branding. We talk to people who design brands, own brands, build brands, and even those who hire for brands. We explore what brands look like and how they behave across a wide spectrum, from world-renowned brands with massive budgets like Spotify to companies that are making big waves on small budgets. If you're looking for insights on the best ways to invest in and build your brand, this is the season for you. I'm your host, Ross Drakes. Today on the podcast, I'm talking to Rasmus Wangelin. Originally from Sweden, Rasmus is a New York-based designer and director, currently working as Global Head of Brand Design at Spotify. He's leading a team of designers, art directors, and design directors to spearhead Spotify's brand and marketing globally. Since joining in 2016, the Spotify in-house team has been recognized as in-house agency of the year four times. Before Spotify, he spent eight years at RGA, leading design teams across clients like Nike, Samsung, and Google. He's been recognized globally at the Cannes Lions, One Show, Art Directors Club, DNAD, and more. We talk about their work on an exciting project like Spotify Wrapped, building globally, but executing locally, and the intention that they put into how they engage at a local level in every market. And he shares the simple thought behind the global brand, Spotify, and how they came to be the biggest, but still act like an underdog. Enjoy. So Rasmus, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It's been a long, a long journey to get you, but I'm excited to finally be here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm actually really excited to be here. I think particularly coming out of the great conversation you had with Ben, uh, in your earlier episode that touched upon Spotify particularly, I think this could almost act as a, a organic episode two <laughs> of the Spotify podcast. Uh, but I've been enjoying a lot of the episodes and, and well done, and I'm really excited to be here. So thank awesome. you for having me. Thank you for the kind words. Uh, I, I, part of what I love about this is we can look at brands from the owners of the brand, the builders of the brand, the people who see it and enjoy the brand, because it's all of these things sort of coming together. Definitely. And and hopefully I can help give a little bit of insight of how it is to work with uh, one of the larger brands of the world and sort of sitting on the inside of that uh, and, and the day to day and, and thinking about the future and the past and, and everything in between. I mean, I feel like this sets up my first question, which is 
the project that you're currently busy with, which is wrapped. Um, how do you make an idea global that kind of plays out across the whole world, but at the same time is local and personal all in one magical thing? Yeah, Wrapped is definitely one of my favorite projects every year. Uh, and it's probably the biggest one we actually deal with. There's so many people involved. And the way we kind of go about it is that um, we believe that there's certain global things that we all feel and go through sort of on, on, on the bigger, uh, from a bigger lens. And then there's definitely micro conversations and cultures that are happening individually in countries and regions right but what we're always doing is we, we start with an with a global insight and we are trying to create an idea a general idea or a theme if you will that is global something that's quite broad but that encapsulates the year that has been and the sentiment and what has really happened happened in in audio and music culture then we take that idea and we create an art direction and a toolkit for it. Uh, and then we work with all of the global markets in the world to help them take that main theme and art direction and create their local version of that work to make sure that the, the idea that might or the theme that might be big and kind of encompassing of a, of a bigger idea can also work its way to become this beautiful uh, micro ideas that can show up, you know, with, with very interesting insights. And that's actually, I think for me, one of my personal favorite parts of this experience is that we sit through these regional reviews, our core team in, in New York. And we look at all the work that's coming from the markets and we're blown away because we learn so much about these cultural things and things that have happened in these countries and regions throughout the year. And uh, I, I think that's why music culture is particularly so powerful. It's really driving culture as a whole many times. And there's just like an abundance of really creative stuff that happens every year. And so we're just so fortunate to be able to, to try to wrap it up in a fun Spotify way for everyone to enjoy. And that's, I'd love to see some of that stuff and, understand how different people react to the same songs that happen at the same time and how it plays out in all these different markets. So, I mean, thinking about it, like, how do you, where do you draw the line as to what the global ideas and what the local, local, expression of that is how do you play that on so many different fronts simultaneously and still build a single spotify like a one brand that people can know and love yeah i uh i think it's it's really fun and challenging and and it requires a lot of work and specifically on a global level right we have a lot of our partners in offices all around the world that has to work with local agencies to essentially brief them on the strategy and then work with them to come up with the, the work that feels right. Uh, I think we're pretty good at creating what I would call sort of the base strategy and, and being very clear 
with our intent. Um, I think I can take last year's as an example, right? Because I can't reveal too much about what we're doing this year. But last year, you know, it was a really tough year. Uh, and it was hard for us to wrap up that year in, in, in a very sort of just fun and positive way. But at the same time, like we don't want to come out with a negative campaign in something that's going to make people feel sad. So what we ended up with was this idea of gratitude and resilience, because that's a theme that we saw happening in every single country and region of the world, you know, from people singing on the balconies of Italy to like people applauding healthcare workers and everything in between. And there was a real resilience, you know, of people going through together and getting through together. And, and music had a part to play in that, you know, I think probably a lot of people were sharing music with people that they weren't able to physically meet and, and having those type of interactions. So when we have a theme like resilience and gratitude, then we can go to all the markets and then have them come back to us and tell us like, how did those or that theme manifest itself uh, in different stories in your market? And every single market had very similar stories, even though, based on the culture in that part of the world, it might sort of been uh, executed very differently. But uh, as, as long as we're very clear with what we're trying to accomplish and then give them the freedom to roam with it, we come back with this mixed bag of, of really beautiful and expressive work that, uh, that makes me so proud of working at Spotify, actually, because I, I, I do think that these are the small stories that can actually like go a long way of, of bringing some smile to the faces uh, of people of a very tricky and, and difficult time. I mean, I love that. One of the things I can say for, or as a consumer of Spotify is you've done a very good job of making it feel small and personal and mine you know, and not like this big thing that's been thrown on top of me. And uh, just hearing you talk, what I want to highlight is that idea of your intention. Like, what were you trying to achieve? And then letting that play out in the small and myriad ways that it does. Yeah, and and like I said before, too, I think Wrapped is like really a magical project because... I think it's one of the only marketing projects that I can think of at least where you have millions or hundreds and thousands of people. I, I don't know the number, right? So I'm just guessing here, but actually sharing their own experience of the year through the share card that they get, you know, when we, when we give them the data back, like here's what you, you've been listening to and, and, and here's your favorite artist. This is how much you listen to. And we, try to give them interesting different stories every year as well inside of the product in this kind of product experience that we deliver. Right. And so to have, you know, the whole world wanting to share something from your brand to their friends and their family, uh, is also like a really magical thing. And, and on top of that as well, we've, you know, over the last couple of years, we've gotten the whole artist community engaged in this as well. So, you know, you can see organic conversations happening where an artist, for example, shares to their fans on Twitter saying like, this year, 40 million fans listen to my music. I want to thank you so much. And then you have re 
replies to that conversation with fans saying, you were my favorite artist of the year. You know, you inspired me so much. And so there's a whole thing happening after we release rap that is organic. And that I think mm. is, is part of the magic of, of rap. If you want to call it a marketing campaign, it's like you release it to the world and then it just kind of takes its own life. And even before, you know, like this, this time, if you go on, Twitter and Instagram and you're seeing all the memes of people like having FOMO and, and feeling embarrassed about the music they've been listening to and tre- try to readjust by listening to what they think is cool music to, to shift the, the, the end result of the rapt uh, experience. Like, I think there's a whole <laughs> thing that's happening. And, and I think internally for the team working on it every year, you know, I wouldn't lie when I say that there's it's a lot of work for a lot of weeks and months leading up to 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 sort of the launch of rap but we all are so fortunate and and just happy to be able to keep working on it you know i mean i think the the key thing here is you you make it about them or me and it's not about you and i think the way you phrased it was we give them back their data. It's not yours, it's mine. And I think there's so many brands got their tone deaf and talk about themselves um, or their products or their features. And I think what Rapt is, is this is you. This is your thing. We just happen to be standing next to you at the same time. That, that's correct. And that actually applies to the majority of the work we're doing at Spotify when it comes to, to marketing and brand work. Really, we have this lens where we don't really talk about Spotify. We don't say, hey, Spotify's here. We're great. We have this millions of songs, billions of songs and users, etc. That's just not how we communicate. I think uh, we tell stories and majority of the stories we tell are through the lens of what's happening uh, with our audience and in music and culture as a whole. And I think that just becomes much more interesting because I think, you know, I mean, in the age of internet te- technology, you just have so many services and, and apps and whatnot that's trying to like tell you why you should use them. And, and I think Spotify is big enough and we're fortunate that way that we don't have to do that. You know, we, you know, have really shifted, but, but the journey has not always been that, right? When, when uh, Spotify launched in the US around 2010, like the communication was very different. It was very much like, you know, all the songs available to you kind of thing. And over the years, we've had the fortunate to be able to grow out of that. And now we're in a place where, and I think we pretty much has probably along with a few other companies pioneered in a way, the way you talk about your audience instead of yourself. And I, and I think that's really successful. And you can see a lot of brands also doing it now or trying to do it, you know, whether I think uh, just a few years ago, you wouldn't receive the amount of what you would call like wrapped emails in the end of the year from all of the different services and and products you use, but everyone is wrapping up the year now. And I think Spotify definitely had a, uh, you know, a part to play in that inspiration for brands. And I guess part of it is you've been very 
seemingly deliberate about these organic conversations that you have. Uh, I remember when Spotify launched in Johannesburg, the billboards were our artists, not global artists coming in. It was the local Joburg band that no one would know about globally, but now on a billboard this big, covered in branding, Spotify there. It was like super cool and almost, I don't know, felt like it was ours. Um, but it seems like these organic conversations are built into the organization. Is that led by the brand team? Is that part of the organization? How do you think about that stuff? Yeah, I think honestly, it's both. Um, I think Spotify as a company has a really beautiful, um, I would say, kind of work mentality and business mentality of you know, trying things and, and sort of what you refer to as like the sawdust on the floor, always building, always trying, you know, we go left, we go right, we try some things, doesn't work, you know, we pivot. And and so we don't have this ingrained sense of like, we have to launch this one thing massively in all the places at the same time. You know, there's definitely an opportunity to go into different markets and apply what's logical what makes sense what's appropriate and what's fun for that market in a smaller way a lot of times um so i think from a brand lens that's always something you know i think the brand is always in one way or another echoing the sentiment of the company as a whole and and its founders right and and how a business is set up to to operate and so the brand is really just trying to formulate that in a good way and in it sort of clear way for, for its audience. And so we're doing that, right? We're, we're trying to communicate almost the sense of, our, of an underdog a lot of times. Like that's how we see ourselves. We might be one of the biggest brands in the world, but we really look at ourselves as an underdog with the ability that an underdog has to do kind of work that's pushing against the edge of what you can do and, and, you know, and not being scared of doing something that's, that might be smaller. Uh, if we feel like it's going to resonate the right way. I mean, it's interesting because you're the biggest brand in the market, but you're competing against the most valuable company on earth and one of the other largest businesses run by the second wealthiest man on earth. And these are the people you go to battle with every day. So I think you are a little bit of that underdog um, even though you're winning the race. Why do you think Spotify is able to outmaneuver these big companies who I'm sure have a much bigger marketing budget, much bigger teams, much larger reach? How do you play that out? It's a very good question. And, and yeah, I mean... Honestly, it's probably a mix of a lot of different things, right? Like, and I can't really speak for some of these large competitors that we're uh, fighting against for sort of uh, users um, and whatnot. But you can draw an assumption maybe that like a really large company, a lot of times could have a potentially difficult structure of getting work out and also at times maybe 
um, there's more hesitation of doing work that feels uncomfortable. Uh, and I think Spotify is, is, is actually really good. Not saying that we always create work that, that's uncomfortable and makes us uncomfortable and makes someone uncomfortable, but I think we're always at least touching upon it, trying to break into new conversations in ways where it feels authentic for us to do so, but also ways that we feel like it's interesting to do so, right? So um, again, that's why I think, you know, telling stories about a lot of the subcultures of audio and an audio culture that lives on our platform gives us that ability. And to give you one example, which I think is so great is the pets playlist project we created, right? Which I think maybe you could look at from a economic point of view and say like, is this actually going to generate us a lot of money as a company? Right. But with an insight that like pet owners and me included, right. I have a cat uh, are a bit nutty. And, and they care a lot about their pets. And, and just a lot of them are actually creating music to enjoy with their pets. Or they might have created playlists for their pets to relax or, or stuff like that. So be able to create those kind of projects of like, yeah, here's a music generation for, generator for you and your pets. Like, now go wild. Uh, I think it's, it's a really beautiful thing. And I don't see those kind of initiatives happening from a lot of our competition uh, for reasons I honestly don't know. But I think that is one of the reasons that people do really enjoy Spotify as a brand. Um, and we, we have the ability to shape those type of experiences people have with a brand that aren't necessarily about, like what you were saying before, functions, amounts of songs, price points, but it's also like insight in subcultures and people seem to really, really enjoy that. Like that. I mean, I think the one thing you've sort of touched on here is the role of leadership in a business to give the brand team the freedom to do these things, knowing that not everyone is going to work, not everyone's going to be a home run, uh, some are going to be outright failures, but the support and the willingness is almost there from the top down, giving the team freedom. Because I'm going to assume that the teams at Apple, Amazon, any of these big companies are as talented, as bold, as excited, but yet probably don't have the freedom to play out that stuff. How does your, how does the leadership team think about the brand and give you as the sort of custodian of it, the freedom to play? Um, yeah, I, I think it often comes down to people. And, and again, I can't speak about this other competition. Uh, but when you see really good work from a brand, it often means that you have really good people working on the inside, you know? Um, and it's actually hard hiring the right people a lot of times, you know, because there's a lot of options out there and the best people really have the, op the opportunity to pick where they want to work, right? I think that's kind of where I want to start. I think, you know, when I came into the Spotify in-house creative team around 2016, it was a super small team. The team was two designers, a, a couple of brand managers, maybe one strategist, one or so creative director. 
And then over these last couple of years, we have really built out the team from the ground up, but having the opportunity to really handpick who we want to come in and work with us. So we had the opportunity to really build the team in the right way, step by step, you know, and as we grow grew bigger as a team, the projects grew bigger as well, but we were set up successfully to support it. So uh, we've also had, I think, compared to like what is normal, uh, not a lot of people leave the team, you know, there's definitely, of course, people have left the team, but like, you know, me coming from the agency side and knowing what is normal from an agency in terms of turnover and, and people leaving and jumping around, like, I was surprised being four years into Spotify and I was like, no one has left yet. What What is going on here? And when you can get the right people to stay for a long time, getting really invested in what you're doing at the same time as being really talented, I think you can create tremendously fun work, you know? And then going back to what you were asking, what you were saying is 100% true. You know, you have to have the right leadership in place, you know? And, and in our internal team, we have, uh, Alex Bodman and Alex Tenge, uh, sort of leading creative and brand. Uh, and I want to shout them out because I, th- I think they definitely deserve that uh, credit. Uh, they're doing a really, really good job of enabling all the teams of being brave and executing really good work. And then, you know, above them, uh, depending on how big the project is and who needs to bless it, like we do really have leadership at Spotify that wants to do good work and wants to do fun work and want to be in the edge of culture uh, and really be one of those brands that's being remembered many years from now as like a brand that you would want to go and work for, you know? And I think that's a really good measurement. You know, I get a lot of people pinging me about like, Hey, here's my portfolio. I would love to come and work with you. And I think that's such a good sort of vibe check of if you're doing things right uh, as a team, um, and so I'm I'm really pleased with all the hard work we've done to get there. That's super cool. So now I know you, I think similar to me, have a background as a doer. You've been an animator in Flash. You've played around in many different things. How do you transition being so hands-on to being kind of one layer back from many different teams who are actually the ones doing and you are now sort of sitting back and and having to give them the open field to play. Yeah, uh, I've definitely sort of maybe not taken the traditional route of getting into the position that I'm in. Uh, you know, I think maybe a lot of people in my position, head of brand design would have come more from a branding background and spent many years in branding agencies and shops. You know, I started out in the early 2000s, really inspired by the, the digital abstract design movement that was happening. And so I spent a lot of time creating sort of feeling based art and, and, and trying to like learn all the programs by just like combining things and, and kind of almost like a hacker, you would take all these different sort of ways you can execute things and put them together and try, um, then definitely fell into, you know, the whole web design movement with flash enabling you to literally do anything on the web, which was a tremendously exciting and creative period of, of our uh, careers, you know? And social media came and then you had to learn 
what work for social media means and then you know fell into art direction branding and strategy and everything between so i think my mixed bag of background helps me a lot being able to not only having conversations about one thing but sort of apply myself across an array of different types of situations and and problems specifically when it uh touches on design um and then there's definitely been things that I had to learn, you know, later on in my career that maybe certain other leaders would have known earlier on. Uh, but I think that's part of the journey. Like, I think it's interesting that we all come from a different place and, and have different backgrounds. Um, so, so that's one thing I think, um, you know, again, like I, want to shout out my team i have a tremendously talented design team at spotify and many people i had the opportunity to work with beforehand and kind of handpick out uh because i i knew how talented they were and kind of trying to convince them to come and work with me at spotify and when you have a really talented team like it's easier also to to, to not be too involved in everything so <laughs> my approach is normally because i truly believe that the best design work comes from some sort of collaboration but i also feel like someone who creates a design idea you also have to pay attention to what that original idea is so a lot of times my job is to come in and look at someone's work figuring out like how do i make this great design idea work for the business problem that we currently have and so i can maybe help transform the design a little bit to actually work for what we needed to do. And so I think my craftability from, from the past really helped see like the small adjustments that maybe can be applied in order to make it successful for like a large business problem while maintaining the integrity of, of the designer's idea that they had from the beginning. You know, obviously sometimes you, you have to look at something and say like, this looks beautiful, but it's not gonna work because of these reasons, mm -hmm. right? Um, but so again, like shout out to my team, like it's, it's a group of design directors, art directors and designers that are always with me and, and trying to like push the brand forward. Like we talk a lot about this idea of, you know, we're, we're playing in the sandbox and we have these tools to play with, but we're always striving and aiming to fill out where the boundaries of the sandbox is like, and, and we sometimes overstep and then we pull it back in, but like we, we want this place to grow uh, and we want to expand upon it and we want really to create work that other designers would be aspiring to do and and to be brave with that to be uh explorative with that and 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 really have fun along the way too i like that i mean it leads me into the question around the brand that collins and been set up for you and one of the things i was struck with there is that kind of brand and products at spotify seem to be on par and on, it seems like in many technology technology companies the product is the king and the brand is just the thing that supports the product how can you talk a bit about the rebrand and how the brand and the product sort of sit next to each other and live next to each other? 
Absolutely. I had the opportunity to come in, like I said, in 2016 at the time where the small internal team we had just kind of finished the first version iteration of that guideline together with Collins, right? So I came in and I remember, I think it was photography and illustration was the two things that we still had to figure out exactly how we articulate for our brand, right? So I came in and and got to know Collins, you know, Ben and Brian and all those guys through through that process and uh, like, oh my God, they're so talented. And it was such a joy working with them. And and we had this really healthy relationship of, of trusting them because we knew what outside perspective they could give us. Uh, and then we could just kind of, again, apply, well, this is what we need in order for us to make sense of this. So that was amazing, right? And you can imagine coming in as, a person who's like sort of offered this role to to create and grow this internal design team when you also get this amazing toolbox of a guideline to be like and here's all the opportunities you have to create work like that was a dream uh, but you know needless to say like none of the work we're actually creating right now looks particularly like you would find in the guideline that Collins created and i think you know uh, ben talked about that, and and Brian have talked about that many times before. It's it, their ambition is not sort of to tell us what to do, is to enable us to do things, right? And I think that's a really healthy way of collaborating with a design studio and a brand. So again, that comes with having the right people on the inside, and so again, like having a set of really talented designers that can take an idea of a design system. And then really run with it and create work that makes sense for uh, the audience or, or the brief or the initiative that you're doing. So, like, you know, they, they gave us things like burst and duotone and all these kind of things that we don't necessarily use very much. So we spend our day really, like, formulating this brand and exploring new ways it can come to life from the base that they created. Mm. Uh, but we have evolved a lot. And, and I think they passed the baton over to our internal team to take it there. And, and now we have a really strong way of looking at how we create work. Um, and it's taken us quite some time to get there. But I think it all starts with like, how do you have the, the initial key to be able to turn the lock? And, and they gave us that. And then we've been running with it and having so much fun exploring what this brand means to us. And I also want to say that, you know, only in these five, six years since, you know, they created the guidelines a little bit longer, Spotify has changed a lot, right? You know, podcast didn't really uh, exist in that sense. Um, and I think their idea of the type of work we would be doing, which made a lot of sense then was, you know, an artist image plus a set of copy calling out Spotify in different ways, you know, and having different initiatives. But like, we don't do that often, right? Like you never see a picture of Justin Bieber or Adele next to Spotify for $14.99 or $9.99 or whatever the offer might be, right? That's not how we communicate. So we want to take this brand and figure out ways we can create stories and craft experiences for different audiences and cultures uh, in a way where it feels authentic and it uh, and it's very different than 
sort of it was prescribed in the guidelines. But it's still, you know, we were able to take it and run with it. And, and, and I think, you know, more than anything, like I said, we've had so much fun doing so. Uh, and it's a constant challenge as well. Uh, thinking about, you know, what is Spotify? You know, and that's something we ask ourselves a lot of times. Uh, I like, I mean, listening to you speak about it, it sounds like you gave yourself the same freedom that you give your local offices and agencies with the brand. So you took their intention and their seed, and then you applied it to your world with your relevance and your lens, understanding what you know, which is obviously much deeper than what they know but they can lift it to a point and then you can go oh i see it now like i can pick that up i can take that i can run with it i can build on it yeah it's very true um i think another thing that's really interesting as well is that within our team we handle two major work streams and specifically when it comes to design so we handle the brand work, which are things like now guidelines and sub-brands and logos and brand architectures and consultation on the brand itself. But then we also handle art directions for all of our biggest campaigns globally. Uh, so Wrapped would be an example. Uh, and then we also create key initiatives like playlists that we want to turn into bigger brands and that needs their own branding. But as you, as you know, marketing and brand are often a bit at ends with each other because brand is about often, right, consistency and trying to figure out, like, what is the through line that ties together the work? How is it recognizable and understandable? And marketing, specifically in the age of internet technology and performance, is about to create as many different articulations as possible so you can stand out. So we sit in this world where... We're creating these guidelines, strict rules, and then almost breaking them at the same time, which is a super interesting function of a team. Because if we had one team that was just focusing on the brand and then another team that would focus on art directions for, for marketing campaigns, I think there would be much more tension. But because you have one team that sort of sits and does both, we do tend to be able to stretch the brand as well as we're able to contain the marketing. So it's it's an interesting uh, role for sure. It sounds like you do a lot of balancing and like sort of swinging back and forth to keep it all in line, but giving it the fluidity and flow to go where it needs to be. That's correct. And I think like looking back at some legacy brands and, and you know, some of the brands that we love the most, seeing how consistent they could be throughout all of their communication uh time after time i think like coca-cola as an example which is a brand you know that's very loved they usually had a, a specific articulation and it was very recognizable but in the age of technology and internet and social media i think it's very very difficult for any brand to maintain that sort of consistency and maintain a rigor around your branding and your brand rules. And I know a lot of other guests on your podcast have talked about 
how to go about that and how to think about guidelines. And, you know, it really needs to be more of a direction than it is sort of a rule. And I think that's very true. But but that comes with a lot of work because as soon as you step away from the guideline being a rule that you can send out to all these different teams that you have specifically at a large company, then you really need to almost every day nurture the brand as something that shows up differently every day. And and at Spotify, because you know, we have a lot of different products and services and sub-brands. Uh, we had to really take a step back and think about how do we, what what are the uh, things that are consistent and what are the things that could flex? And it's almost like we think about it as a family uh, that all represent the same last name, but they all show up with different personalities. You know, they have different tastes and, and they sort of have different voices even sometimes but they all represent something and then figuring out what is that something what like how do we manifest that last name and how does that come to life and it's 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 definitely very challenging and i think specifically where we are today all the different places a brand needs to show up the amount of content you need to create on an everyday basis because people are experiencing and, and consuming content like crazy uh it is very tricky but it's a challenge we we embrace and we have fun with. I think you're doing it very well. And I think that leads me nicely into my last question, which is you're sort of building this quality brand, but Spotify is essentially a technology company. And I'm going to assume that you have a flood of data feeding back to you all the time. How do you build a brand which like you said earlier requires consistency and at the speed of technology which changes daily weekly monthly and if you look back at over a year it's completely different to what we went in the year with as to what we leave on the other side how do you how do you balance those two almost they're almost in opposition to each other these different concepts yeah and and that's really the challenge i agree with you you know and we don't know what tomorrow might bring an acquisition or a new initiative or something that fundamentally challenges the way that we've even set up the brand so you have to be flexible enough to almost being able to accommodate to anything and and figuring out a way to make sense of it um I, I think you have to start with a set of guiding principles uh, of defining w- what is it that your brand obviously like stand for and, and what are you trying to do and how does that come to life? How does that can then transfer into, so for design, why are, what are some principles that we can almost always apply to our brand to make sure if it feels Spotify or not? So we at Spotify landed on uh, simple, graphic, and colorful. Uh, and it's something that's been working really, really well for us for a couple of years. So we can almost like look at all the work we're doing and see, does it hit on those three things? Then it's probably feel Spotify. And so simple, right? Like take out all the details as much as possible, 
photography and illustration as how, how simple can we get with it with personality still obviously um graphic is another way of saying maybe imperfect or you know if you're shooting a photo don't put the camera in the front like move it up create some interesting angles work with illustrators that don't have this style that you see in all the different tech companies right now like find interesting people to work with and collaborate with and create work that feels a little avant-garde and that feels different so that you can show up in an unexpected fashion uh and and i think wrapped is a perfect example of that every year we're trying to come out with a completely different unexpected version of wrapped um and colorful i think you know when spotify first started um, it was green, white, and black. And for many years, all the communication around Spotify was also green, white, and black. And got to a point where, you know, we had to draw a line in the sand and be like, well, we're not the tech company. Well, we are, but we're not. We're really a music and audio culture company, you know, that has a technology piece with it. But that's not all Spotify is, right? So looking at the world of music and the artists and the art that's being created around that was some of the most colorful and exciting work in the world. Now, how do we tap into that? Uh, and so simple graphic colorful became three fundamentally important word for us that we could apply to all of the design work we we're doing. And, and obviously within that, there's a lot of other nuances as well to make sure that it feels right and it's appropriate. But I think, starting there and having an idea of like what are your main principles and then going down from there is, is a good way to start i love that it's such a simple concept to any brand can follow as long as you pick the things that are yours um and it can totally play out really well erasmus i mean Thank you so much for the conversation. I feel like I could keep going for another 15 minutes, but maybe the listeners wouldn't. Um, yeah, the things I'm taking from this is intention and communicating that intention and then almost being bold enough to let the people do what they do is such a powerful thought that I think you've executed on a global level. So... Thank you for that. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. And uh, yeah, looking forward to a lot of other good episodes as well. So keep the good work going. I like that we've we've got a listener and a, and a guest at the same time. That's correct. Awesome. So we'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We believe that sharing knowledge is an obligation. So if you know someone who's building a brand or needs some inspiration for their brand, please share this podcast with them. This is our third season, and we'd be grateful if you'd hit that subscribe button so you're the first one to know when a new episode comes out. Or even better, leave us a review and tell the world how much you enjoy listening. This really helps. One more question is brought to you by the people at NiceWork. NiceWork is a purpose-driven company helping people who want to make a dent in the world by building brands that people give a shit about. We're based in Johannesburg, South Africa and serve companies around the world. If you'd like to know more, partner with us or make a suggestion, reach out at www.nicework.co.za And if you're one of those really old school people, send us a letter and we'll make you a mixtape.